We're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson. Uh, yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets. Intro is short, sweet, to the point. We talk about the Brooklyn Nets here with the fans in the chat. We've got three of us today. So for some of y'all that be in the YouTube comments or even hitting me like, yo, thought you were going to book some guests. Yo, why is it just you and Alex? Yo, Keith, where the guests at? What happened to the rotating guests? <laughs> the last three, four episodes, we've got guests. So I'm working on it. I'm doing it on top of all the other work that I have to do. So let us welcome in Alex and Gerard Hector. Alex, you haven't said a word yet. What's up, man? How are you feeling this afternoon? What's up? I'm ready to be disappointed for tomorrow with the uh, trade deadline. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Ready for more disappointment. Oh, man. I'm, I'm feeling so bad for you guys, man. It's just like you're, you're out here like doom and gloom. It's pessimism land. I think one of the challenges with that is, and of course, thank you both for uh, for having me on, is that when you go from a franchise that was sort of lackluster and kind of in the wind as the Nets uh, had been for many, many years prior to signing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then eventually trading for James Harden, that that brief period gave you guys hope in life, right? Like while the Knicks may have been the talk of the town and still rated better in terms of New York fans, the Nets were the bigger national story when those guys were here. And you felt good about yourselves. Net fans were out puff talking with a chest, like feeling real good. And it's nice when you have superstar players on your team. And, you know, and unfortunately it didn't work out and we don't need to hash into the who's and the why's about that, but it just didn't. But, it, you know, you had some great memories and now you kind of went, you're back at the bottom again because you don't have one of those guys on your team and you're kind of like trying to figure out, well, where is that guy going to come from? Where are we going to get him? How is it going to happen? You can't see the forest from the trees at this point. And so I understand the, the, the disappointment and the sadness right now. And you're probably as Nets fans all asking questions, namely with John Marks, what is the direction? What are we doing? What is the plan? That's exactly where I'm at, bro. It's funny because you see Kyrie come back, you see KD come back, and even with what they had to say in the post game, it shows you that they know more about the NBA and the business of the NBA than our own owner and GM. They're over it. They they they're completely moved on. They want to let bygones be bygones. Fans aren't over it. We got fans throwing hearts in the in the crowd. We got fans with signs for Kyrie, signs for Steph. Steph, sign my jersey. We've got a lot of confused fans. And I think the fans that did come out in the last four years, myself included, that, you know, puffed our chest out, it was because we finally were chosen, right? We finally were a destination, right? Luis Scola, I don't know, some eight years ago said, once they win, they'll get everybody. They'll get whoever they want. So when Katie and Kyrie team up and choose you and you see James Harden get traded over here. And you also see some washed NBA all-stars like LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap and Jeff Green. Like you see these guys come play here and you have the names and you have the superstar talent. It makes you think that you're there and that you've arrived and that this is going to be the case moving forward. KD signs his extension. You're thinking, oh, we got at least the next four years with this guy, not thinking that your ownership and GM would completely fumble to rock. And I'm not mad at him. I understand why you can't trust Kyrie and give him an extension. And then him being tied at the you know hip with uh, KD, it's over. So we're, we're picking up the pieces of the puzzle, man. We're still looking like, yo, we're Nets fans. And that's what I tell people. I rock with the Nets, bro. I was a Nets fan before I ever thought KD or Kyrie both together would be on the team. And I'm going to be a Nets fan after. But it's just a down year. It's just a down year. So uh, let's hit the chat and get a quick vibe check and see how everybody's feeling in the chat. Thanks for pulling up. Uh, I see some of y'all left voicemails. I want to give everybody their light. You can obviously throw a $0.99 cent to $99 super chat and be on that summer jam screen i saw greg was first he said what's up talking Nets? salute our nets have been a mess for years now 
and they need a new fresh voice and bring confidence to the team. Now, you know, it's funny. Even when we had the superstars, it was a mess. Even when we were winning games and we had the talent, there was always some other nonsense in the background. It was never sweet. It was never just all good. Will Simmons says, sorry, but owner isn't going anywhere. Marks is a good GM and Vaughn can go. This team isn't really that bad. They are missing a true end of the game player. And I think we can get that player tomorrow. <laughs> more optimistic than most. Yeah, very Will's optimistic. More optimistic than most. We know the owner's not going anywhere. That's another thing about being a Nets fan. Different arenas, different cities, yeah. different owners, different yeah. head coaches. No stability. No stability. Do you expect us to make trade dates today or to make a trade today or tomorrow? I hope so. I would hope so. We're going to get in into all of it. I'm just giving you guys your light before we go around the horn and talk about everything. Um, as I'm putting stuff up, Alex and, and, and Gerard, think about anything you want to respond with. Yeah. Of course they need to sell it to them. <laughs> I mean, the big thing I'll say is, look, of course, Marks isn't going. I mean, excuse me, Josiah isn't going anywhere as the owner. Marks is a good GM. I think, look, your, your challenge is, is that when you went all in to acquire James Harden as part of that trio, right, you you mortgaged away your draft future, right? You, coming into this year, you have no draft picks in this, this coming calendar year. Zero. None in the first and none in the second, right? And that's a problem for you because as much as I hate the draft as an institution, and that's a conversation for a different day, it is the way that teams can get cheap talent and keep them under contract, right? And then you never you get that diamond in the rough and it works for you, right? I mean, Nick Claxton is kind of that, right? Dayron Sharp is kind of that. Cam Thomas is kind of that, right? He's got a late, late picks that the Nets had that turned into really, you know, could potentially blossom into really good players. Um, but no draft picks is a problem. And, you know, the, one of the other issues you have, and this is not about denigrating this man, this person as a human being or anything, but you have an albatross uh, around the, the team's neck with that Ben Simmons contract because that is a, you know, $39, $40 million a year, whatever the salary is, player who you're getting zero production from. This And this isn't like, all right, we're getting zero production for someone making 40 mil. We can just go fill that slot with somebody else. No, that's not how that works, right? You can't do that. And when your team is structured with a salary cap and, and these kinds of things, you have a problem now. It's a $40 million hole that you can't fill, right? This isn't baseball where you can be like, all right, screw it. Let me just go sign somebody else. No, there's no one else to sign. It's, this is it. You are where you are because no one wants to trade for that player to, to move them out and then bring the matching salary in. So it creates more of a problem problem for you. Um, but, you know, look, it's it's hope is not all lost, Nets fans. You, there's, there's still a, a glimmering light at the end of the tunnel. Yo, T-Rexy, like, T-Rexy said, we can't blame the big three for being a dysfunctional organization. They left and still dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, but we can blame. We can blame everybody. There's blame all around. Um, what I will say is, like, you know, going off of what Gerard just said, we have the big three and we end up with Ben Simmons. Like, how does that work out? You know, <laughs> I, you, you go through the era with this, you know, fail big three, which many call the biggest disappointment in basketball, Katie and Kyrie both talked about it in their post game. They're, they're tired of talking what could have, should have, would have happened. Right. KD is tired of the hypotheticals. Like what's the point in talking about the past? What's the point in, in continuing to go over if, KD's foot wasn't on the line if Giannis didn't undercut Kyrie if James Harden didn't have the hamstring we'll 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 never know um but we got to move on man we got to move on I mean you, but, you do have to move on but I will say Keith that I mean that is so it's so huge those those two those incidents are so big because you ask anybody that season and the Celtics have come out and said it in various interviews posts in the years that passed if you guys remember the Nets steamrolled the Celtics in round one, demolished yep. those boys, right? And they were up two all Milwaukee. We were like, yo, it's a wrap. This team is going to the NBA finals, right? That, that's because you could not stop that team, the three of them. It was just literally impossible. And they played good enough defense to win. Hell, Durant beat, almost beat the Bucks by his damn self, right? Because everybody was hurt. Um, and it, it is that sort of like being so close that I get it. Because as an organization, you haven't been that close since Jason Kidd took you to the finals in the early 2000s. So I understand the, oh my God, yes, you were right there. But this is the nature of sports, right? Not only do you have to be good, you need luck to break your way too. That, that's something that people don't often give enough credence to. They think, ah, oh, it's just that. No, no, no. You have to be very good. And also you need things to break in your favor the yep. right way. 
That's sports the teams that in win. general. That's sports yep. in general. And it starts at the top in every single sport. I watch all these sports. I talk all, all sports on the radio every night. Man, I always say the fish rots from the head down. And if you don't have the right owner who is not on the right page with the GM and the head coaches and the players, it is obvious. They got this right last night. I will I will give credit to the Nets for not doing a Kyrie tribute video with the anti-Semitism, with the anti-vax stuff, with the I'm just going to dip out for personal reasons and put the team second stuff, with um, even the comments he made courtside about Mayor Adams, which I was just like, bruh, it's so corny right. that we're even still having these conversations. This is on My, you. This Michael K., I guess the Michael K show was on or is on right now and uh, says that they are happy and acknowledge the Nets not giving Kyrie a tribute video last night. I don't care about Kyrie coming back and dropping 36 and dunking an alley-oop. I didn't even watch the game. I went to the Devils game last night. <laughs> when when talking Nets first started, yo, I was not a hockey fan. I never checked for any hockey, NHL, puck, nothing. I'm thankful that I picked up the other winter sport. I'm thankful that I go over there for the Black History Month celebration. It's lit, and I can watch the Devils win 5-3, and I don't have to go to Barclays Center and be miserable watching <laughs> fans wear their Brooklyn Nets Kyrie jerseys. We're so lame right now. We're going out hella sad. It's rough, man. You're, you're, you're feeling it. And I will say this. Look, you know, Net fans, Kyrie fans are going to feel a different way, and that's the thing. You have to differentiate between Kyrie fans and Net fans. Kyrie fans are going to say, you know, they did them wrong, this, that, and the third. But the reality is, and everybody who watched that situation knows it. Yes, there's blame to go around everywhere. But the largest chunk of the blame pie belongs on Kyrie Irving. He was a the major reason why that thing imploded. Yeah. I mean, he said himself last night that um, he basically said himself last night. And I didn't catch all of it. I read some of it. But he said that he needs to be accountable for some decisions that he made. Yeah, there was a lot, right? Everybody else took the jab, bro. Nobody else was going on Twitter and tweeting links to anti-Semitic stuff that they hadn't actually watched, and it just all brought a lot of negative uh, attention. It wasn't. It was never worth it. The fifty-point games. It, it wasn't worth it. Um, after all is said and done, that was an era that it was very forgettable. So, I mean, I don't know what y'all want to do here. We can go through. Uh, the box scores, but it's it's pointless, man. Last night's box score from the Mavs game. Uh, if you want to take a look and go through uh, the nine 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 in the middle of that, Nick Claxton with nine, Spencer <laughs> Dinwiddie with nine, Ben Simmons with nine. Ben Simmons says he wants to start. He wants to be a starter. When I heard yeah. him say that, I'm like, bro, shut your ass up. <laughs> like you you don't get to say anything after missing all those games for three months. Now you want to talk about being a starter? Like, this team sucks. Like, being a fan of this team right now is super lame, super corny. And the type of stuff that we got to deal with coming out of Ben Simmons' mouth, Kyrie's mouth, Jacques Vaughn's mouth, um, it, it's just it's just ass. I got, I got nothing positive <laughs> to say. You're, you're really on a, on, a, on a rant right now. I will say this. Say. Um, the, the, you know, the roster, if we want to, like, try to get into the team and sort of what I see in terms of who you have, you know, Bomani Jones is a as a, a phrase he likes to use with teams is like, y'all got a bunch of low spades, right? And like that's that's essentially who was on this team, a bunch of low spades. Now, very good players who when put next to elite players, you see, oh, now we're cooking with grease, right? Mikel Bridges is an excellent player. Mikel Bridges is your number one option, not so much, right? But if he's your number three with what we see he can do, oh man, we are. We're on fire right now. This is a two-way player who can create off the bounce, who can shoot wide open threes, do, do some different things, right? That works for you. Cam Johnson, though he's having a slightly down year, a kind of prototypical 3 and D guy. We know about DFS. We know about Royce O'Neal, right? Those kind of veteran 3 and D guys. I mean, you seem to have every 3 and D player in, in the league. In terms of like your young talent, you've got Cam Thomas, who is an explosive scorer. I still don't know what else he can do besides score. Um, but that's a valuable skill, right? Jordan Clarkson and Jamal Crawford have made millions of dollars doing that their entire career, right? Somebody who comes off the bench and literally lights the second units up on fire, right? I mean, going back to Vinnie Microwave Johnson back in the day with the 80s Pistons, right? This is These are the kind of players you need. 
Nick Claxton's a very good big. Last year was in the conversation for DPOY. Falling off a little bit this year, and he won't get as much now because the Nets overall as a whole aren't good. But he's very good on the last year of his deal, by the way, and looking to get paid. So do you maybe let him go and keep Dayron Sharp? Because Sharp also has very good defensive numbers and looks pretty good. He's younger, and you only got to pay him $4 bucks, right? These are the decisions that Sean Marks has to think about right now. Because Josiah ain't going to want to be paying luxury tax for a team that, as we currently sit right now, is in 11th place and 20 and 30, 10 games below 500. Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just like a lot on the plate for the Nets right now. Um, it could go from, you know, who they're going to pay next year. And, you know, I, I'm just looking at the chat. <clears throat> there's just a bunch of people saying how, like, there are no fans and, you know, the past is the past and Katie and Kyrie and them just getting a game high in points. Uh, Kyrie went off, Luca went off. Um, and then you just go to, like, who they're uh, – like, who – I mean, like, who to blame, you know? So it's just, like, a lot on on, on our plate right now. Uh, it, it's just kind of um, – everyone knew it was going to be a transition year. I saw a couple of people in the chat saying this team shouldn't be this bad. Right. I mean, uh, but, 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 but it kind of is. The, the whole team is just a bunch of role players. Like, there's no – there's no one that's sort of going to take it uh, – take a game. You can't in this NBA – with a team full of role players. I repeat, you can't compete in this NBA with a team full of role players. Star players join other star players, and then they go get the coach that they want. And this team right now, Teeth with the Keith Van Horn picture says, <laughs> Nets are stuck in a holding pattern. Nets fans want the team to pick a direction, improve the roster and coach. We've seen it for a year now. Agreed. A pimp named Slickback says, people <laughs> mad at fans for not showing up? Tickets are the fifth highest in the NBA. Why would I pay to watch a directionless team? This team only goal is to make money for Joe Sy. Now, let me speak to that, right? Because those are two different comments, but also the same. I used to go to the games. I have a credential to go to the games. Um, hanging up back there. You see that red right there? Like, that's my credential from last year, and I, I have the credential to get in this year. I don't go. Like, I could go for free. I don't go. Why would you want to go watch a team lose? A team that you love, a team that you root for, a team that you're connected with, you buy the merch, um, you do a podcast on, people know you're a fan of the team. Why would you want to be in there and be miserable and have conversations with other fans that are miserable? You, you don't want to do that. Um, and you that's this is how you push back, right? The fan base pushes back by not showing up to the games. But what I'll say to the comment about, um, you know, the Nets are in a holding pattern. Fans want the team to pick a direction, improve the roster and coach. Yeah, this Nets world has been built, but people are disappointed in where it's gone. They built it on the backs of the superstars that we just had here, and now they don't have a direction. Now, as far as tickets being the fifth highest in the NBA, this is New York. It's the most expensive place to live, period. It's just everything is expensive. It cost me $16 to ride into New York to go to work every night. My easy pass, they hit me uh, two days before Christmas for two ninety. Like, let me get that. It just is what it is. Now, as far as Brooklyn and the Brooklyn Nets, they are getting people to show up there for group deals, kids outings, um, HBCU night, um, and whenever Luca comes there, his fans from wherever Luca's from. Where's Luca from? Slovenia. Slovenia. Yeah. Yep. His fans that live in New York come out to support. Now you pair him with Kyrie. Kyrie has fans that are Brooklyn Nets fans, but also Kyrie is from this area. So he's got people that come out to support him. Steph is a global icon, the best shooter of all time. He's going to have people, and of course, KD. So when you hear MVP chants at the line for Steph late in the game, none of us are surprised. It don't hurt me none because there are kids that are going there. Mark Feinstein. Where's where's Mark Feinstein's car? Shout out to Mark Feinstein. Mark Feinstein, I saw him at the uh, Pinstripe Pride event. He's one of the most popular MLB reporters. He sees me. He knows I'm a Yankee fan, Nets fan. He's like, yo, I'm taking my son to the game on Monday. And he's like, are you going to be there? I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to that game. He's like, oh, why not? I'm like, I'm not a Steph Curry fan. I'm like, I'm a fan of the Nets, but I know they're going to find a way to lose to Steph. And his young son in high school was going there to see Steph and specifically going there early to see Steph warm up. So that's where we are right now, bro. What I'll say as well is 
when you move the damn team around yeah when you move the fan base around when you desert a new jersey fan base and you build up 11 years in brooklyn and you have some superstars that people start to attach to and then you don't acquiesce you don't give them what they want this is how you end up where we are this is a cautionary tale for other nba teams i think um the nets are stuck in their ways i think that they have a lot of ego involved i think that joe Sy has a lot of ego involved sean marks those two aren't going anywhere they do believe in Jacques vaughn so you got to watch ben simmons and you got to watch mikhail bridges and hope cam thomas has a good night and i don't know what they're going to do at the deadline but let's shift the conversation now to that since we're about halfway through and let's start talking about whatever you guys want to talk about you guys want to talk about mikhail bridges right uh, Cody Mallory took this from Michael Scotto talking about, you know, the Houston Rockets. We all have heard this, right? I think it's nuts. We all have heard that the Nets are not willing to trade one Mikael Bridges. They're so locked in on Mikael Bridges, who I know is a good player and I know he's a good guy. But man, when there's this many picks available and your team is is in 11th place on the outside of the plane right now and the trade deadline is tomorrow, how could you not entertain this? <laughs> well, I, I think one of the reasons the Nets brass is probably not so keen on picks coming back this year is because there is no Wemby in this year's draft, right? There is no there's no player in this draft. I mean, we still have one of the most mocks that I see. There is no consensus number one yet still, right? And we're, There's no one good. It's just a very weak class. Right. It's been a very weak class for like – years and one of the things that you know one of the things that is tough about saying that alex and i agree with you and this is part of the nets problem i really dislike when people say oh this is a weak or bad draft class even though i understand what they mean yes there is no Wemby, no generational talent but there is talent in there part of your job as an nba franchise is to identify and develop talent you have these humongous staffs that is your job literally you get paid to do this this is what you're supposed to be doing and the idea that some teams how is it the Miami Heat can always find some yep. rando second round dude who contributes in playoff games? How? They don't have some magic secret sauce. They just grind and work harder. That's the dirty secret about the NBA. Most franchises just don't work hard enough when it comes to identifying talent. And yes, it's not always about the super duper star. Everyone knows that, but you that's one person. You need to fill out that roster with a bunch of other talent. Because when I'm thinking about the Nets, it's, why has Cam Thomas's development been so slow, in my opinion? Scoring was always his thing. We, we know he, he could do that probably since the day he was born. Why is it still poor in the other areas? And why is it so much of a slow curve? The, the dirty secret about the NBA is most players, when they get drafted, situation and fit determines what they're going to be, right? Because there's a baseline level of talent that exists among everybody. But you go to the wrong spot, and you're never going to be what you're going to become because it's just not a place to nurture, to develop to do what you need and you players need that. And the Nets used to be that under Kenny Atkinson, right? They developed guys. And I just wonder now, you know, again, Dayron Sharp, that's a, that's a good young player. I'm not saying he's going to be Joel Embiid, but you know, he doesn't need to be Joel Embiid, right? He can be very good still, be a very good defender, good offensive rebounder, rim runner. I mean, you know how much guys like that get paid in this NBA? A shit ton of money and are very valuable. Ask the Pelicans how much they love uh, Valanciunas. Right, and the player who everybody's like, ah, oh, who gives a shit? No, that dude's fucking awesome and really yeah. helpful for them. But this is the thing: you need Dayron back. You gotta we, work. You gotta work. We're lacking size guys. right now. We don't have Dorian Finney-Smith. That's another guy we got to talk about. If he doesn't get traded, I don't know what the hell they're doing because he's been shut down for like two weeks. He hasn't played. Uh, the other guy we got to speak of, as you bring up Dayron Sharp, a big that the Nets drafted. You know, I'm pretty sure Nick Claxton is staying and they plan on re-signing him and being aggressive in free agency and Clax is a dog and I think Clax wants to be here wants to be on his own team and I think he would be you know more inclined to uh talking to the Nets right mm-hmm. sources familiar with the matter the Nets want Claxton on the team for the foreseeable future and will be aggressive and trying to re-sign him this summer so Clax ain't getting traded and we expect Clax to be here and I mean the combination of him and Dayron, I think that could be solid in the middle. Um, but you got to build around it. Yeah. You got to have more around it. And, and my um, question for that is: is okay, you want to re-sign him in free agency? I mean, he's probably going to want something in the neighborhood of 
22 to 27 million per year, somewhere around there is what I'm going to guess his representation wants. Okay, that's fine. But again, where is the salary going out on your roster that you can then use to fill and bring in a, a superstar to pair him with, right? And to potentially pair Mikhail Bridges and or Cam Johnson with. They're right? beat like, because they're stuck with Philly's favorite son, Ben Simmons, reacting to the hostility of the crowd during this third game back in Philadelphia. I thought he was going to duck that smoke. I think on the last part, I was like, oh, he, he hurt his knee. He's not going to play in Philly, but he's <laughs> oh, it's funny to me. Like, I got grown men pissed off and yelling at me. Yeah, you're a grown man clown, bro. Like, they're not pissed off and yelling at you. They're laughing at you. They're clowning you. They are pissed off probably Sixers fans because they wasted a pick on you. Um, but the fact that the Nets employ this man and are running him out there and letting him talk about being a starter and acting like it's pathetic, in my opinion, that the bar is so low for Ben Simmons, whatever he does in 20 minutes. If he if he can get a couple rebounds, a couple assists, a couple buckets, people are like, yay, this is a guy who was supposed to be an absolute terror, a superstar in the league, never developed the shot, and is allergic to the damn rim. Never, never I mean, developed the shot, but was still all NBA and all defense, right? Like We've seen it. We've seen him <laughs> years ago. I talk about it all the time. I've seen him dominate the Nets. I don't know where that version of him went. Yeah, that, that's, well, that's what they were, they were hoping they were getting back to pair him with, with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. That would have been nice if he was that dude, or KD and Kyrie, I should say. That was the beginning of the end. The fact that KD and Kyrie were around Ben Simmons and like trying to work with him, and they knew we got to get the hell out of here. This well, it's also, I mean, know the, what the other doing. thing with him was the back, right? He never was right physically. He's still not right physically. I mean, you could see it. I would go to the games, you know, media credential member, just like yourself, and I'd be down on the court watching warm up Keith, and I go, oh, I can already tell if this is going to be good or bad just by how he's yeah. walking onto the floor. I was like, gingerly. He he, right? I'm like, if he's gingerly walking, how's he going to play NBA basketball? What are we doing? Like, you know, but that's what it was. That is exactly what it is. So, yeah, going back to the Philly game, just to give some love to Cam Thomas, man. Nets with five-plus games with 40 points and five-plus threes. He's now in the company of Vince Carter, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Cam Thomas had that big game in Philly, and obviously Embiid didn't play, and then the last two games haven't been great. But I blame Jacques Vaughn. Um, I got to go find the quote. I just think Jacques Vaughn um, – just consistently talking about how, like, oh, we'll see when it comes to Cam Thomas. Like, can't just give him the vote, the vote of confidence to say, yeah, he's a starter. He's going to continue to start. Well, because Jock wants him to guard, and he doesn't guard. Like, you you watch games. The minute the ball leaves his hands, he he just stands there. And if the his team when, sucks, it's like. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he, listen, he, he, gets, he, he gets he does not get enough credit for actually passing the ball. But like, there was like a, some sort of stat where Cam Johnson is shooting like 20% every time Cam Thomas passes in the ball. Like it's not his fault that other players are missing the ball, <laughs> missing the shots. And, and not to mention that like there are other players that, okay, maybe he doesn't guard as well as he should, but there are also some guys that are, don't play offense as well. Like he's by far our best offensive player. Mikel Bridges has been very below average defensively this season. And no one's talking about it. Dinwiddie, I, the oh, guy needs it. Going yeah, I, the I, I, I wouldn't play him a single minute because the way that he's acting on and off the court, it, like if that was Kyrie talking, like every Nets fan would be hating on him because he's like going back and forth with fans about like when the, there was a stat of him saying like he's the worst shooter in the league mm -hmm. in terms of field goal percentage. And then, and then there's a video of like everyone working out and he's just sitting on the bench doing nothing. He's an absolute um, – his ass. He's a man his ass. And I don't know, like, but the thing is, the thing is, he's been playing so bad. Right. Like, his value is not high. His value is absolutely low. And then uh, just on Cam Thomas, you know, like, they're, like, he's so good offensively that, like, I don't know why Nets fans have, there's a lot of Nets fans that really like Dennis Smith Jr. Mm -hmm. And who's terrible why, offensively. He's, he's the worst offensive player on this team. Like, he, there was one, uh, I was watching the Suns game last week. He literally hit it off the side of the backboard when he was wide open for three. Yeah, like he can't he can't shoot a single three for his life. Every time he tries to take but it, Jacques Vaughn likes his spirit. But Jacques exactly, you know the, the 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 whole Jacques Vaughn. Like I I said it a couple episodes ago where um, I I don't I I won't criticize Jacques Vaughn anymore because it's crossed the line where it should just be um, 
it ju- it should just be that it, like it should be on Sean Marks or the ownership that has to make that decision instead of just keeping him there and just be like you know stay still and do nothing. So that's the question I have for you guys, right? Because I like, you know I see this slightly differently. Like I, I, look, Cam Thomas is not going to be anybody's all defensive team player. Like that's not what I'm asking for, Cam Thomas. But you have to show that you're, igno- you're you're at least active on that end of the floor. He does not show any activity on that end of the floor at all, and so he may score forty. But if he's responsible for giving up 40 on the other end, well, what are we doing, right? So if you want him to be a starter, all-star kind of player, he has to at least be engaged on the, under the floor and not be a turnstile. As far as Jacques Vaughn goes, the Nets gave him an extension, right? So the idea here is you assume that they thought he was the guy to help develop, right? These young guys and kind of bring them along. And the question I ask again is what I started off. Why has the development for those guys not been what it is? Why hasn't he not been doing what he needs to do with Cam Thomas with Nick Claxton with whomever right like this team to me they have a bunch of parts as we talked about right no superstar but they're good enough that when they're shooting and hitting because look again they don't have Luka M. Kyrie they don't have any of those kinds of guys to late in games they have Jalen Brunson right to take over but there is enough there that they can compete with teams meaning if they're shooting threes well and guarding and defending they should be better than an 11 seed right they should be somewhere around nine or eight my question is, why are they not? Is it a Jagavon thing? Is he not getting through to them? What is going on there? And what is the mistake that was made? These are the questions I'm asking. It all sucks. And they know it sucks. And nobody likes to lose. And nobody likes to be a laughing stock. And nobody likes to read Twitter and see all the fans talking about how trash the organization is. And so now, I don't know, maybe they throw you D'Lo stands a bone, right? There was a rumor out there <laughs> on Bleacher Report. Nets a possible landing spot for Lakers Russell and Murray deal. You guys love D'Lo. I know there's a lot of Nets fans that still go back to the D'Lo season, ice in his veins. Maybe they do that. Maybe they don't. That does nothing for me. And uh, the last one I had, you know, Winhurst, Nets Daily put, if the Nets do make a deal, it would likely be for a guard along the same lines. Former Nets all-star D'Angelo Russell has been among the names with his uh, expiring deal. Dinwiddie is likely is in the likely fulcrum in any big move before the deadline. Send Dinwiddie back to Cali, right? That's where he's from. <laughs> Send him back to Cali, man. Uh, let's hit the chat. I did see some people throwing some money in the chat, so I got to give you your spotlight for uh, donating. And um, I think it was Joel. It was Joel, yeah. Now we got so many in the chat. There it is. Joel says, curious to hear who you guys would move and for what. If the Nets are serious about foregoing a rebuild, moves need to be made to retool dorian finney smith obviously you ain't seen him on the floor they're making sure he's not hurt right he's got to be going somewhere for something um cam johnson maybe i, I mean that would be I, great but that would be great contract, all of us would yeah, sign up for that in a second but then mikhail bridges who you're you refuse to part ways with him that's his man that's his boy you're not going to break up the twins so I mean, but he mikhail bridges ain't no multi-time all nba all-star so i get you that would that's think what, he is. that's what he's he wants too, he's too nice he's too nice <laughs> to be like uh you know to tell the team or like oh you know if you want to build around me you have to get rid of my DFS, best spencer dinwiddie um royce, royce o'neill has been knocking down threes clearly like hey three and d guy i'm available i think those three guys you got to try and move and send anywhere for anyone or anything. Do I expect them to get DeJounte Murray? No. Maybe it's a D'Angelo Russell. But let me ask you this. What what does DeJounte Murray do for you? Does he move the needle for you? I don't want DeJounte Murray, honestly, (laughs) because this team is going nowhere. So to take on DeJounte Murray, like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the the thought process in going out. Like they need to be complete sellers. I, I, listen, I'm with you. My I, mind. I, I know fans don't want to hear it, but I think you, you guys got – and the reason why they didn't do it is because of the draft picks, right? The draft capital was out the door with, with the moves they did. They got to just tear this whole thing down to the studs and rebuild. That, like, because here's the thing. You got Bridges, you got Johnson, 27 years old, right? When this team is actually ready to be good and win, are those guys still going to be good at 30, no, that's 31? What I'm they don't have a plan. They don't have a direction. They're They're literally figuring this shit out every week and they're they're actually not figuring it out like they last year at this time when Kyrie forced the trade these dummies just thought that oh we're gonna trade Kyrie and hmm ego comes into play he wants to go join LeBron and the Lakers we'll show him we'll send him to the Dallas Mavericks go live in Texas and we'll get some pieces 
that we think will fit well with Kevin Durant. Two days later, <laughs> yo, yo, um, I requested a trade in the summer. I only came here to play with Kyrie. Kyrie's not here, and Kevin Durant had that weak-ass excuse. I didn't know who my teammates were going to be. You're KD, bro. What are you talking about? doesn't matter who your teammates are. You're KD. Lead. You signed a four-year extension. They send him to Phoenix out the door. Right there showed you they did not have a plan. They weren't prepared. Jacques Vaughn being the head coach. He was the head coach as uh, the interim coach after they fired Kenny Atkinson. Right? Steve Nash. Going, Steve Nash. going into the bubble. Both. He was, there. He was oh, actually both, a coach. Yeah. Before right. Steve Nash, they fucking hire Steve Nash thinking they're hiring Steve Kerr. They got to kick him to the curb. <laughs> and then they put Jacques Vaughn back in the front. And like, it's like, bro, how do you go back to Jacques Vaughn after you saw what you saw from him and hired Steve Nash instead of giving him the opportunity? You give him the opportunity with KD and Kyrie. And now there is no KD and Kyrie. And now there is no uh, Jacques Vaughn being a good coach. It's a mess. And you got Ben Simmons telling you, um, oh, yeah, uh, you know. I'm healthy to start. Um, you know, I should be – I'm more useful as a starter. But you, know the good, you know what the good news about Simmons is for you guys? He's a $40 million expiring contract next year. That's no, – yeah, you, you just have to – you just have to – well, going into next season, mm -hmm. it was just, he has one year left on his deal. And it would be interesting to see if he were to be moved or not. Um, it, it like I That's mean, a long-ass time from now. <laughs> well, you just have to, people, uh, Nets fans, if there are any, uh, they just have to wait uh, till 2025 when it's really going to like take shape. You know, this team's going to take shape because that's when Mikhail Bridges is going to have only one year left on his deal. Um, we'll see where if we re-sign Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons will be out of contract. Yep. You know, so it will be a lot I guess cleaner in terms of the uh, of the bill. The, the so, cap sheet will be much cleaner. Listen, ne next year yeah. is the last year of Simmons' deal at forty million. That's a nice expiring piece. There's going to be some disgruntled superstar somewhere, something going on that yeah, you know what? We got to get off this guy in the next three years. We'll take Simmons the next three months and just not play him and whatever, and, and you know, and, and move on. So, but the problem is, is zero that optimism. But the problem yeah. is, is that when you look at like people say, oh, this team has good players, like. Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson mm -hmm. and whatsoever. But when you look, when you really look at it, if you want to build this team or sort of put these guys into a championship roster, Mikael Bridges, like you mentioned, uh, is is a third option. Cam Johnson is a sixth man. Cam Thomas is also a sixth man type mm -hmm. of like like mm -hmm. microwave scorer. Mm -hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie shouldn't be on this team, you know. Uh, Claxton, I think, is good enough to be a, a a starting center. I do, I agree. Whereas, like, you just have to. It just depends, like, who he's with uh, on on the floor because you know he. You he can't do with Ben. Yeah, exactly. You need a. You need either, either put Claxton as the four and then mm -hmm. get a stretch five, or you know, mm -hmm. other way around. So you just have to like look at this team and say like, what? Where, where is this direction? Where is this team heading with? these players that are role players on a championship roster team. So, you know, you just have to look at it that way. So I wouldn't, I don't expect much um, from the trade deadline uh, at best. It would probably be one of Dorian Finney Smith or, or Royce O'Neal that's going to get moved. I don't think both of them will be moved. I think one of them will be yeah. and at most. It'll probably be for a first rounder. Yeah. And Dinwiddie, uh, also a first rounder if anything so that's that's my guess the, the move will be to get them a pick to get them into this year's draft because they have nothing and they're going to want to have a pick somewhere in this draft so i think they could do more honestly in terms of again just start that reset but you know we'll see all right let's hit these voicemails there's only two good because uh i mean what is there to say what are we actually <laughs> talking about here talking next there really ain't shit to talk about bro it's it's super corny We'll have something to talk about tomorrow. We'll react to them either doing nothing or doing something at the deadline. What up, Keith? What up, Talking Nets? What up, chat? Uh, help me out uh, with some nicknames, man. Uh, Cam, let me cook Thomas. Because you got to add shot on the cook. You can't just be Cam, cook Thomas. Uh, uh, let me, the Cam Chives. Huh? How you like that one? Cam Chives? Uh-uh. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. We got a big game today versus the Golden State Warriors. I hope we win that game. Um, the last forty point ball, forty point game he had was a masterclass. 
Uh, he got seven at the Brooklyn Nets. 17 is the record by Vince Carter. Do you think that Cam Thomas can break the 40, uh, for hold the record of having the most 40 points? Damn, yo, I got to stop you. This is big fan Breezy, big Nets fan. And uh, he obviously sent that voicemail in Monday morning coming off of Saturday's fun game, which like I didn't even watch the game. I was I was just tuned out. But it's like, damn, you know <laughs> how quickly the last two games with Cam Thomas is like we're not on that now. Um, and some change. Like I said, I blame Jacques Vaughn for talking about like, oh yeah, I'm gonna consider what's best for the team and when we're fully healthy. We're never fully healthy. What the fuck are you talking about? Like Ben Simmons was out all this time. Dennis Smith Smith Jr. can only play every other night. Um, Lonnie Walker's got a hamstring right now. He missed time. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, I guess, is just hurt because he's getting traded. Cam like, Johnson's out right now, too. Cam Johnson is in and out because he was out in the beginning of the year and out This guy's had more cramps than, like, I, I don't, like, are you even an athlete with that many cramps that you've gotten? Seriously. So, you know. It's just, it's, I, I, I feel it, so it bad for you guys, man. It's like, it, no, it's, don't, it's so don't. gloomy. It's so we had weird. our time, right? We had our we had our time where, like we said in the beginning, we were pumping our chest out from the summer of 2019 to about the summer of last year. It was it was over in in three four years. Now we're back to being miserable Nets fans and realizing this is our plight. We just find <laughs> our way back to this. It sucks. It just always finds a way to suck. They are inept. They are dysfunctional, and that is on brand. Yo, what up, guys? What's up talking that just Rahala. Um, yo, usually I come out here with more energy, making jokes and stuff like that, but honestly, bro, these uh these last few games took the air out of me, bro. It's kinda it's kinda hard uh, to be a Nets fan right now. Um, you know, we're being disrespected, you know, in the national media talking about, you know, once again, no net fans, no this, no that. Um and we know we have Nets fans. We know this Nets will has been built, like you guys be saying, but Right now, it's just not looking good, you know, having opposing teams coming into our building and just, you know, freaking becoming home court for them and junk. And it's, it's, it's one thing if it's the Knicks, but it's like it's like every night now. And so, yeah, man, it's not, not feeling good. I'm I'm still optimistic about the future. You know what I'm saying? I'm still optimistic about, about uh, we still have these picks from Phoenix and all these things, but it's kind of tough right now to be a Nets fan, man. I hope you guys give me a better uh, positive view. But it is what it is. What you guys think? You know, I do have something to say. And net fans may be like, oh, man, why you got to kick salt in the wound? But I, I think, hear me out. Where there's a lesson they can take from this, from the team across the bridge. That being the New York Knicks. Ten years ago, what was that franchise? Dog food. They were absolute garbage bottom of the league not going to no playoffs i'm looking right now 37 and 45 17 and 65 32 and 50 31 and 51 29 and 53 17 and 65 21 and 45 that was all the last season before the 2020 season terrible basketball they stunk yeah just... no i i i sorry to cut you off but no i was um i was going through those seasons ever since we moved to brooklyn there was really only one season apart from this season there was really only one season where the Knicks were ultimately better than the Nets, and that was the inaugural season where mm-hmm. the Net, uh, the Knicks were the two seed with right. Melo. With Melo. And right. but at the same time, like we were a playoff team as well, so we weren't really a laughing stock. We were sort of like just you know, oh, their first year in Brooklyn, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams. Right. You know, it was a fun team. You know, it, we we had some good players. It was a fun team. Um, and then after that, we just the Knicks kind of went downhill. We were sort of steady, mm-hmm. and then we both sucked when the Celtics trade happened. Mm-hmm. And then we had that D-Lo. I mean, I can go through it all, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but but yeah. point being is that they have rebounded as an organization. They no longer have terrible contracts on the books, right? They're not signing washed up old vets that like triple in the cap. And more than anything, on the floor, they have an identity. That team is tough as shit. All right, and it's it's led by, of course, Tibbs. Who look, Tibbs grinds those players into the ground, and I worry about them and their long term career. But in the Brunson got hurt, right? But in in the short term, when the Knicks step on the court, their fans know what to expect. They're going to be dogs. They're going to compete defensively, right? They're going to do what they got to do. They grind. This team is what third in the East right now. 
Like, I mean, one of the hottest teams in the league. They made the playoffs three out of the last four years. They're going to be a top seed again this year. Um, look, there's some, there's hope there. And that starts with what is the vision? And Keith, you said this. What is the mission and vision and plan of our organization? That starts at the top with Josiah, then the Sean Marks, then on to whomever your head coach is. What is it? Tell the fans what it is. Put it out there. We want to be XYZ kind of team, compete for da -da -da, whatever, and then make it happen. That's what the Knicks did, and that's where they are. So it's it's not hope is not lost, but you have to shit or get off the pot. Facts. And honestly, I, I've been on record saying that this Knicks team that currently exists and where their franchise is with their front office, they have the Nets to partially thank for that because the Nets 11 years ago came into New York from New Jersey and represented competition, a second ticket in town. And for a while, the Nets were claiming we are playoffs and bragging about the fact that, hey, we go to the playoffs, y'all don't. Well, when you hold somebody accountable, right, when you have to compete with your next door neighbor, when you have to actually field the team and not just run any bums out there because you're in the middle of Manhattan and people are going to show up, you know, I think that the, you know, the Nets existing in New York and being competitive made the Knicks get their shit together, especially in the last three to four years when Katie and Kyrie were sweeping them every season and the Knicks fan was sick about it and all they could say is there are no Nets fans Barkley Center sucks nobody goes over there you know New York forever we've been here since 1946 all right so as we wrap up um the Eastern Conference standings as of today your Brooklyn Nets with 20 wins and 30 losses are on the outside looking into the play-in bruh if that's where you are going into the trade deadline you are a seller you are a seller you are a seller you should be selling I mean at the top of the food chain the um, Boston Celtics are the, the first place team in the East. And you know what they're doing? They're buying. They're adding. They just made a trade today for Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were just in the garden last night. I'm like, damn, they're bums. I don't, I don't even know most of the guys on their team. But the Celtics are like, oh, yeah, two second round picks for Xavier Tillman? Send him because we're trying to shore up this team for our run to the finals we think this is the year we can get to the finals and win it. The Nets aren't contending with any of those teams in the top six, no matter what moves they make. And uh, I don't care what happens at the deadline. Just do something, do anything. That's the title of this episode. And here comes the next couple games, right? Tomorrow, the Cavaliers come to, come to town. That's a loss uh, any way you slice it. And it's, it's crazy to think about where we were opening night. When I was in there opening night thinking, we're going to get a win. This Nets team is going to get a win. Lonnie Walker wasn't even in the rotation, right? Um, Donovan Mitchell ended up killing us at the end of the game. Cam Johnson's weak ass. Just night and day where the Cavs are and where the Nets are. We should be able to beat the Spurs, but I won't get too confident about that. And then speaking of the Celtics, Tuesday, the Celtics come to town. Bum, 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 bum. Watch ahead. So we'll come back with an episode I don't know. Um, if we're playing Friday and we're playing Saturday, we'll probably record on Monday. Thursday, Saturday looks like, right? Thursday's Cavs. Or what's today? Wednesday? Today's yes. Wednesday, yeah. So, so tomorrow would be Thursday. And then Saturday, there's a game. So Monday, we'll come back with an episode. I'll find another guest to join us. Gotta send a big shout out to Gerard Hector. Killed it today with all of his insight, all of his information, and just having... The, the right voice, the voice for the pod. <laughs> Go ahead and plug yourself. Tell people where they can find you before we close the show. Well, first of all, Keith, Alex, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you guys can find me on all social media platforms at JS Hector. And of course, listen, subscribe to the True Hoop podcast. If you want to hear all things NBA, you know, we don't, we, we dive in the league from a much larger perspective and look at bigger trends. And we'll have a bunch of trade deadline stuff coming out this week to see who's who and what's what um, from the teams that are moving and shaking. And again, Nets fans, all is not lost, right? There is still light at the end of the tunnel. You just need your top, the top of your brass to say, okay, this is what we're doing. Here's our direction. Here's our mission. Here's our vision. And we're sticking to it. Do that. And the fans will, the fans will buy in. But the wishy-washy thing that doesn't work, sell them on something and they'll go along with you. Yeah, I mean, they sold us on Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and Nick Claxton and even Ben Simmons coming into this year where we showed up. Like I said, I was there opening night. We were all like, yeah, this team should be competitive. And they've been shit. So, Alex, you got anything before we wrap up, before we uh, close this episode? Um, all I'll say is that I just I just want Nets fans to 
you know, I mean, there, I'm kind of have to like go to like, there's a soccer game that happened earlier today. And as you can tell, my energy is very low. Uh, because you went to a soccer happened. game today? No, it was a game that I watched. Um, oh, who are you? Who are, who are you? You're a football fan of? Who's your favorite? Um, my favorite team is Arsenal. But uh, oh, listen, it, you guys are listen, big. Listen, Liverpool, massive big win, win over the yeah. weekend. That was huge. But um, my country uh, just lost in the tournament in the last second, and your country is uh, Iran. Okay. We lost. Oh, in the in in Afcon, huh? Uh, yeah, in the Asia, in the Asia, in Asia, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, and. And when I was looking at it, I was just kind of just going through like all the previous heartbreaks because it was pretty similar to how like as a Nets fan as well. And I'm just sort of looking at looking at it, taking a few steps back, looking at a bigger picture. And I'm just sort of like everything sort of happens for a reason. And, you know, we just have to be patient. We just have to at, at some point it will happen. But I, we just I don't know when that will be, but it will happen at some point. I just don't know when. So uh, I just hope that, you know, this, the fans can keep a sort of more upbeat attitude. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I just hope we make, make, make some moves. I, I said before that whether we're buyers or sellers, I just hope we make some moves. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think this season is a wash. Maybe they can make a move to shake up the roster tomorrow and, and make a push to be in the play-in. But uh, I don't know. I'm not really, you know, rooting for play-ins and, and first-round sweeps. But it is what it is. Uh, I'm just looking for wins, man. I'm looking for this team to find a way to win and find an identity. And sure, uh, I don't think anybody's really jumping ship. You know, the stands jump ship when Katie and Kyrie were traded away. And anybody else that was on the fence about, I don't know if I'm a Nets fan, like uh, Frank the Tank, perfect opportunity <laughs> to go to the Garden and, and put on that goofy blue and orange. But if you're a Nets fan... Man, we've been through worse. We I don't know if we've been through worse. This is one of the, the, the worst years. This is one of the most like oh that, that first down year years. that first year after the uh well when uh KG and Pierce all them left when you're like what 17 and it was goofy, bro. Like we were <laughs> laughed at. We we are consistently mocked, like we're consistently disrespected out here. That shit gets annoying. Like eventually it'll come back around where you'll be proud to wear that B with the basketball around it. You'll be proud to wear. The black and white. That's all we've got, man. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. <laughs>